Good morning, everyone. Jim Laird here. Dr. Stillman will be joining me shortly. Now, you're probably looking at this title and be like, oh, what the heck is this about? But, but really, we all are created with different gifts. We have different backgrounds, different genetics, uh, different situations. And I think one of the biggest problems with today is that because of social media, people are trying to be somebody that they're not, or they're trying to emulate someone else instead of looking at themselves and saying, I'm going to become the best version of me. Um, it's like Dr. Stillman is never going to be able to lift the kind of weights I can lift, no matter how much he tries. Um, he just does not have the right structure to do that. It's so true. there's no point in Dr. Stillman trying to become powerful. No, it'd be so, terrible for me. It'd be terrible for you. You're better off sticking to paddleboarding, lifting some weights. I just take fun. up golf. That's what I should do. You'd be really good at golf. You're Especially a great here, rotator. In, here in Florida. Yeah, you're a great rotator. Not me, not so much. No, you're not a good rotator at all. I see no. you in the gym trying to preserve the rotation that you have with certain exercises. Yes. Well, everything I've done for... 30 something years, 20 something mm. years, um, just to take away rotation. Because when you want to produce maximum force, you don't want rotation. You want as little rotation as possible. So, so there's actually a great quote for today that I don't, I don't know if you know it. I think it was I Aristotle who said the worst form of inequality is trying to make unequal things equal. Yes. And I think this gets in the way of people's wellness because they, they look at their friends and their and their family and their colleagues and other people out in society and they say well joey or betty or billy or johnny is out there partying until two o'clock in the morning and getting drunk and eating this and eating that and you know then he goes into work and he slays it and crushes it and they're saying well so and so can put up with this stress and that stress and understanding what and who you are is actually an incredibly important part of your wellness journey because everyone's different. You have to understand this from a, from a historical context, every tribe, so to speak, has got different needs, right? Different needs that are unique to their environment. So if you look at, you know, the genetics that are in um, different racial groups, their mitochondria is one example, you're going to find more genetics for things like cold resistance in people who come from higher latitudes. You're going to find, more genetics for basically sun resistance in latitudes closer to, to the equator. This is the most obvious uh, genetic difference that we see between peoples, uh, which is obviously visible because we can see the color of someone's skin, right? Um, and, but that's this also plays back into the whole role of artificial light in our indoor environment and lifestyle on on health and well-being because you know, white people are really adapted to, I should say pale skinned people are adapted to an environment with very little light. Whereas the darker your skin, the more better equipped you are to deal with a higher uh, light environment. And there's a lot to suggest that for that reason, the darker your skin tone, the more light you actually need in order to be well. You I think, I think you? that's, that's the, one of the biggest um, criminal, I don't know if it's criminal, but I think that's one of the big, we should be screaming that from the rooftops, you know, the darker your skin, mm. the more sun you need. And it's, there's no, 
I mean, no mystery why people in New York, Chicago, Canada that are, you know, of Indian descent or African-American descent are really, really struggling. You know, you've seen this in your coaching practice over and over again. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Right. Uh, the quote I had was actually from To Kill a Mockingbird, believe it or not. Oh, what was it? It was, what is uh, it? we all know men are not created equal in the sense that some people would have us to believe some people are smarter than others. Some people have more opportunity because they're born with it. Some men make more money than others. Some ladies bake better cakes than others. <laughs> some people are born gifted. We're going to get banned for sure for saying that. Uh, some people are born gifted the normal scope of men. But there is one way in this country which makes all men are created equal. There is one human institution and it goes into like Rockefeller and stuff. But basically, we want equal opportunity, not equal outcome. Right. Right. Yeah. The, and it's also equality before the law. Right. And to be judged the same as somebody else. Right. Uh, to go to take this back to wellness, you know, a lot of people don't understand that they, they may look the same on the outside as other people, but internally their biochemistry is very different. People with methylation defects, people who overaccumulate iron, you know, I, like I, I have one of the genes for iron overload and I didn't know that until my early thirties. I don't even think I knew that until about a year ago. It's about when I got the diet, when I bothered to test, even though I knew about iron overload back in 2000, 2001. And that means that my ability to deal with stress, toxins, any element that's going to run my, let's just say biological clock down, meaning not meaning, you know, life effectively, all of that is modified by the amount of iron I've taken in because I tend to accumulate it faster than other people. And so it's going to create more and more oxidative stress. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, when I talk about iron overload, go read my Substack post on this, uh, just put in iron on my Substack or uh, look up my book because I talk about it in the second chapter. But the more iron you accumulate, very briefly, the more oxidative stress you're going to have in your body. It's the main oxidant within the body. And it really acts just as, as, as badly as a heavy metal when it's present in toxic levels, which is why I started to see, even in my 30s, big health benefits from dumping iron or going to donate blood. And so... You know, I never understood why, for example, I couldn't deal with, um, and some of it may come down to other things, you know, I mean, it's, like I'm, I'm blaming a lot of it on iron, but it could come down to things like methylation defects that I have that I'm not aware of, uh, or toxic burden that I have that I'm not aware of. But the point is just, I've always looked around at other people and thought, why can they do things that I can't do? In fact, if you go back, to, if I go back to my childhood, this partly gets into why I became a doctor. Um, I was very young for my age, but... Um, I was also still very small or sorry. I was very young for my grade, not young for my age. That doesn't make any sense, but I was, uh, I was like the last more, kid on the sports field and more I didn't coffee. understand why. And I really wanted to know. So I wanted to understand what makes people healthy, what makes people strong. And that was what I ended up falling into. And now that's basically what we do. We help people to get healthy and strong and stay healthy and strong. And a lot of that has to do with getting to know you, getting to know your context, it's part of why we have coaching programs rather than just medical programs. You know, so many people out there are looking for a course, but that's where horses fall down. They fall down when people don't get to know you, your unique context, your issues, your problems, your genetics, 
your life history. And that's where having the opportunity to coach people is really amazing because it allows us to help them understand who they are based on what we can talk to them about. And then the medical side, we go deeper. We get lab testing to help them understand what their actual biochemical terrain is so that they can become healthier and stay healthy. Well, and what is the definition of healthy and strong? That's going to be totally different for a power lifter versus a little lady who just wants to play with their grandkids, right? That's so right. And that's totally different yeah. context. And, and people don't understand the difference in structure of your body. Basically, how your skeleton, your your axial skeleton, and how it's set up, and your the shape of your rib cage, the shape of your pelvis, all these things determine the, the activities you're going to be good at. Like no matter how hard I try, I'm never going to be a great basketball player. Like you ever. are a terrific boat anchor. I'm a terrific boat anchor, but like <laughs> I'm never going to be able to beat Shaquille O'Neal in basketball. Like, unless no we change how, the rules, no as we talked about work. the other day, right, right? But even so, he's a big dude. But I don't know, I mean, man. And you that, kneecap and him, and it's all over. It's true. That's very true. That would be that would be very very dirty. But you, you know, you've got these people that all they have to say is you can achieve anything you want as long as you just work harder. And it's just oh, like I mean, it's you like, got to tell the story of the five foot three goalie. Oh gosh, this poor girl. <laughs> so I worked at this soccer team when I was in Lexington, and. God bless her heart. Uh, that's a Southern thing, right? Yeah. Um, so she comes in and she says, well, my trainer says, wow, you're zooming up. My trainer said that if I put eight inches on my vertical jump, I'll be able to play division one soccer and play goalie at division one. Mm -hmm. So I look at her and I go, look, you know, if you really want to play soccer at division one level, you really should probably change positions now while you can she goes, no, I'm going to play goalie. And she insisted on this. And she's like, what are we going to do to put eight inches on my vertical? I was like, well, you can barely do a push-up, So all the basic stuff we're going to do is going to help with your vertical. But so I put an eight inch box on the ground. I say, okay, let's, let's say you get eight inches on your vertical. And I put it on the ground and had her stand on it. And I brought a girl over that was like six foot with a big old wingspan and I had them stand next to each other and the girl with the six foot wingspan could put her hands on the top of the squat rack and I told the other girl to put her hands up even jumping off an eight inch box she couldn't even get close to touching the top of the squat rack and I was just like I'm sorry but no division one school is going to put a five foot three girl at goalie when they can put somebody who's six foot who's got this big radius, right? I'm like, right. And you know, she, why I told her parent, her parents got mad at me for crushing her dreams. And I was just like, I'm telling, if she said like, I'm going to go play at like a division three school or I'm going to play rec league soccer, but at the division one level, those girls can launch it from midfield and put it over your head. So, so this poor girl is going to be playing goalie and the other team is going to be launching it. From yeah, they're just going to chip it over her head. Yeah, so it's like I actually was helping her, but the truth was so uncomfortable and so painful for her that they freaked out. They ended up not training with me. Um, they went with this other person that took their money and just put her in some fancy program, whatever. Yep. But it's like if she would have actually taken my advice, her goal might have became a reality. 
she just she just wasn't in the right position to play at that level, Division One level. So it's telling people the truth sometimes isn't a good business model. But my conscience is. Uh, well, I think it's we've talked about this, right? It's better long term because you know the people who get it get it, and you don't end up trying. You don't end up setting people up for massive disappointment, and then saying, right. you know, I wish they just told me. I wish they'd known. Um, and that's, you know, comes back to patients. A lot of them come to us with unrealistic expectations about how quickly they can recover. You know, their sleep, for example, goes off the rails or their headaches, you know, get to a 10 out of 10. And their expectation is, well, we're going to do a supplement protocol and it'll make me better. We're going to do, uh, or, you know, to use a different example, um, their, their body's gotten out of shape. They're overweight. And they say, well, I'm just going to, go to gym and he's going to give me a lifting routine and I'm going to exercise. I'm going to work it off. Right. And you know, your Eric Banks story is a great one. People want to hear that. Go check out our weight loss webinar, which I think is it's on YouTube, isn't it, Jim? Yeah. It's, in, it's actually in the, it's in the uh, podcast list. It's, oh, is in it? multi, it's in multiple places. Yeah. I put every, Good. pretty much everything we do goes that that's relevant goes into the podcast list as well. Yeah, and so the, the Eric Banks story is really interesting because you re, you rejected him as a client what eight times? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and that's really important because we don't really want to take people on who are going to fail because it's very tough when you care to watch someone you're taking well that care that, of that aren't that aren't at least willing to do the things that we need to do to be successful. Like right, you, you know, people like and obviously he wasn't having any success, and I observed what he was doing. And I was like, you've got to have, a, you've got to change your lifestyle or you're not going to have any, any success. That's it. A, a big one is a lot of it is, is a lot of people I've worked with is like, I want to look like this. And it's like, uh, one, you don't have the right bone structure Two, you don't have the right muscle bellies. Three, do you have time to train, you know, two to three hours a day, six days a week? Are you willing to take PEDs? Like, and That's by performance the way, enhancing drugs for those of you who are not hip and, to the lingo yet. And by the way, all their pictures on Instagram are all photoshopped. Mm -hmm. So you're never going to be able to look like that unless you photoshop yourself. So a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, yeah, crazy. Yeah, we see a lot of unrealistic expectations based on what social media is purveying to the general public. I mean, think about it. You know, even, you know, 100 years ago when media was much more local let's say that they took the top 1% of people in appearance for all the school plays and all the public plays and all the public appearances, right? Well, now, you know, you have an incredible disparity between the top people who garner all of the attention. I mean, that might be 0.001% of the populace that you're seeing in, for example, your Instagram feed or Facebook or Twitter. And in some ways, that's actually made, created a world where there's not a lot of, there's just a big gap between people who've, who've got the, th the things that people want. And well, uh, and half of those things are fake. Half those guys are getting their Lamborghini, they're renting it, or it's a friend's Lamborghini. That's or so funny. I don't you know, think I didn't think about that. That's true. They, they fly to uh, uh, Dubai and they stay in a hotel that's like $55 a night and they're taking pictures of themselves in front of Lamborghinis and and there's a whole market for that, right? Of of the kind of the fake, you know. There's a fake the guys lifting the aluminum plates online. Oh, what? Um, oh yeah. Get out. 
there, there's a guy named uh, Goob. I, I can't remember his name, but he, that's all wow. he does is basically go through and find people on their Instagram with their fake profiles. That's so and, funny. And and how even the celebrities, how they use the, you know, they all of a sudden the wall will be bending where they pulled their shoulder out or their mm. butt, you know, just crazy. But but here's the thing, too. I was watching a show the other day and this lady who was uh, she was fairly attractive, but they were asking her what her minimum requirements for a man were. And uh, she was attractive, but, you know, wasn't like, you know, stop traffic or anything like that. I think she had been married once or twice, maybe had a couple kids. And she's like, well, I want my man to be over six foot tall. Mm-hmm. I want him to make over $100,000 a year. Yeah. Uh, and then there was a couple other caveats. Mm-hmm. Well, they put it in this calculator. It came out to be less than 2% of the population. Right. She's, she's like, so, so what? That's what I deserve. And the guy was like, good luck finding it. You know, it's like, whereas, you know, a hundred, you know, 75 years ago, you were looking in your local community for people. Now you've got people's expectations of everything have just gone out the window. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the interesting things about us is that we actually talk about failure and we talk about what's realistic. And I think that the vast majority of the health and wellness info space is really focused on the... Um, a tiny proportion of people who just get well very quickly doing a couple of simple things. And that creates what we might call something like shiny object syndrome. Of, oh my gosh, so-and-so took this and lost 20 pounds. Well, I should take this and lose 20 pounds. Or so-and-so took this and gained, you know, 15 pounds of muscle and dropped five pounds of fat. Well, I should take that, you know? Well, what, what is success? Uh, I mean, if your goal is to be healthy, it's not something that you do for like six to eight weeks and you stop. It's something you do for the rest of your life. I've got this from Alex Ramosi. When you're married, the goal is to stay married. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no like end. It goes on forever and ever. Right. He uses the example of the Vietnam war. The United States was focusing on ending the war. The Vietnamese were focusing on surviving to the next day the next day they had an infinite they were going to do whatever it took for as long as it took Hmm. to survive whereas if you get people that are like i'm going to get in shape in six weeks instead of focusing on i'm going to be in shape forever yes i'm going to work on being a healthier happier human every day for the rest of my life and a lot of these programs are like 10 weeks 12 weeks and then if you don't get that goal, you're a failure or like business, for example, the, the, the idea is not to, to hit a certain number. The idea in business is to stay in business, right? Because most businesses fail. Mm. So if you focus on like staying in business as opposed to trying to hit home runs, I mean, you're going to have home runs occasionally, but the goal is to continually stay in business instead of just focusing on like this one thing. You focus on the long game and that's where you're going to have, you're going to have success. Like in the gym, like, you know, I was always concerned about being honest with people and treating people well, you know, I could have took that lady's money, but you know, it actually, I ended up getting a couple clients from that because a couple other of the soccer parents came to me and said, you know what? Thank you for actually telling that girl the truth, brought their, 
people to me because they're like, this guy's actually going to tell us what we need to work on. Mm. I'd, have, I'd, have, I'd have athletes come to me all the time. They'd be the greatest kid at their high school. And I'd be like, man, like you need to learn how to do this, 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 and this. Here's the thing about high-level athletes. If you're a gifted performer at a younger age, a lot of the times, like, for example, I had a kid I worked with um, in the early 2000s. He ran like a 4.2540. He was blazing fast. Well, all they did with him is have him run straight down the field and throw this lob it up, right? He came to me, his, his parents brought him to me, and I was like, look, dude, you've got a lot of work to do. Like, you don't know how to run over the middle. You don't know how to, like, deal with someone bumping you on the line. I was like, when you go to the next level, everybody's going to be maybe not as fast, but just as fast, and they're going to be able to deal with you. Didn't listen. Sure enough, goes to the next level, flops. Burned out in two years, he was out. He was the most recruited kid in Kentucky, but he couldn't run across the middle. He could only run reverses and fly. He didn't know how to block. They basically jammed him on the line, and he, could, he couldn't get off the line of scrimmage. Wow. No one had the – even his own high school coaches, they wouldn't work on the fundamentals with him. They failed him because they just took his strength and, and enhanced it instead of making a complete player. And when he got to the next level – he was done. Wow. That's quite a story. There's lots of those. I mean, I, I had tons of kids that came to me that were the the guy, you know, and it's because they were had a physical gift and they were in a small pond. Well, that physical gift, once you get in the big pond, everybody has that physical gift. I know. And it's going to be your mind. Mm -hmm. It's going to be your technique mm -hmm. and your ability to adapt and know the systems and all those sort of things that make you better. Yeah, I will never forget going from top of my class in college to because I was, I was at a sc small school, 18, 1900 people, liberal arts, right. lots of smart people. But there were only a handful of us who really, really worked. And I mean, we didn't I mean, we were smart, but we I mean, we didn't just we weren't just smart. We were we worked a lot. Uh, and then I went to medical school and I was 50, 50th percentile. And it was a tough adjustment. But yeah. you learn that you've got to A, just keep going. And B, you have to focus on what matters to you. So I literally had professors say to me in, in fields like surgery, because I, I had no interest in being a surgeon. And I just they basically said, you don't seem like you care about surgery at all. To which I was tempted to reply, yeah, I have absolutely no interest in you, what you do. I want to know how to refer to you. What do you want from me? Like, you don't want all of us to be surgeons. That would be silly. Right. But they knew that. And they, they I got through it. So, so the moral of this whole story is, is like, look at yourself, look at what you're good at, look at what you're not good at, focus on becoming the best version of you possible and figure out what's important to you and chase that, you know, it, and that's another problem with social media is that people will be like, oh, you got to have a private jet, you got to have a Ferrari and you got to have this and you got to have that. And I'm like, screw that. I'm happy just having a little hut on the beach in the middle of nowhere, hanging out with some friends. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, I'm happy with that. I, maybe I have a motorcycle. I don't need fancy cars. Have I had fancy cars that I've flown on private jets? I have. Would that be fun to do from time to time? Yeah, but I don't want to like have to do the things that it requires to have that lifestyle. 
I'd rather I'd rather spend more time in nature and enjoy myself. Right. And we I think people need to realize that a lot of you need a coach to help you gain this perspective because you're you probably sometimes. Yeah. But a lot of people are just surrounded by people who are pushing them to go out and chase the next thing. Chase peer, peer pressure is a peer pressure is a massive, massive thing. You know, mm. so when you when everybody's running in one direction, what did C.S. Lewis say? When everyone's running it fast in one direction and you're the only person going the other way, you look like the idiot. You know, when they're mm -hmm. running off a cliff, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like some of the things we've been through in the last couple of years. Um, uh, you know, and a lot of times you, you get caught up in the madness and people lose context and they lose the ability to make decisions for themselves. And that's where you need some guidance. And, you know, even the guys at the highest level, they have the coach to keep them doing the things that are boring and doing the things that nobody wants to do. Mm -hmm. The little things that you do daily that make the difference in the end. And that's really about coaching is about is about accountability and monotony. And on that note, <laughs> check out our fundamentals and wellness course. The link will be in the link tree uh, below this video. Uh, that's a, a week or sorry, it's a monthly coaching program that Jim and I have, which includes access to an online course where we give you the best of the best of all of our information. Uh, and you can learn more about our annual plans, my practice, if you're interested, by going over to my Substack blog. That'll also be in the link tree. Jim, you want to add anything to that? That's about oh, it, man. I've got a hair tissue mineral balancing webinar coming up at the end of the month. Yes, you do. If you're interested in minerals and you're interested in metabolism, it's for you. I'll put a link to that in the description. So it's actually on the, if you go under podcasts, it's under there too. Good. So Excellent. All right, everyone have a good day. I, I will be signing on tomorrow at nine on the 4th. So to celebrate the 4th of July. So whatever that means, we'll try and find something fun and exciting to talk about on the 4th of July. I might be by myself and that's totally fine. I'll be here. Okay. Yeah. All right. Have a Take great care, day. Everyone. Everybody. Have a great day.